Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Ronin Rabbit. This is episode 110. I am your host, Ed Moore. Beware there will be spoilers, and for those brand new, the Ronin Rabbit is an Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. You can contact me on Twitter at Teal Productions. I post episodes on Facebook on the Usagi Yojimbo Dojo Facebook page. Thank you, Steve. BigTimeNoise.com slash Rabbit is the website. And UsagiPodcast at gmail.com, the email address. Usagi Yojimbo Volume 3, Issue 34 from Dark Horse Comics, cover dated December 1999, is the book before me. The Story, Mystery of the Demon Mask, Part 1. This is a three-part story. Our dramatis personae include Miyamoto Usagi, our protagonist, the Demon Mask, Inspector Nita, Inspector Kojo, Tokuyo, who will turn out to be Kojo's son, but he is discussed in name only, Kuroto, who is a bounty hunter, and Inspector Ishida, who is mentioned in name only. Our book opens with, interestingly, I, I don't quite understand this. It, it confused me. One, two, three pages, which maybe it will become more evident, you know, by the finale of the story. But the first three pages are a separate incident whereby Usagi enters a small hut, and it, in the hut is a soothsayer, witch, spiritish kind of person that even speaks in wavy speech balloons. Okay, it's not nice, fluffy, rounded like normal people talk. And Usagi indicates, My companions and I must transport a sacred artifact for housing in Atsuta Shrine. I'm hoping the gods will reveal what dangers, if any, lie on our road. So after giving an offering, the soothsayer witch person spirit thing that he's talking to conjures up a, an image that is of Jay, uh, Ugi, Ugi, excuse me, Usagi kind of flips out, cuts it with his sword, stumbles out of the shack saying that he needs some, some fresh air into the rain. He stands there a minute, lets the rain cleanse him, lets his breathing calm down, turns back to the, the hut to try to get more information from the whatever soothsayer, witch, spirit, whatever this creature was, and finds that the hut is gone. Okay, then we have a story that is labeled The Mystery of the Demon Mask, Chapter 1, and we have panels. So I'm not sure where that first three pages fits in with this, because Usagi doesn't have any companions. Now, he does mention um, that he is... Traveling to the temple of priest Sanshobo, uh, who we know, uh, but that's the only, you know, so maybe the two are connected and he's a, a lead scout or something for the group. Or so, I, I'm not sure yet, but we open with a, um, a ronin, I'll say, dueling with a, it looks like a creature because of the mask. There's a, it, it's demonic it has two big horns and a big big head of long hair but then as you go through in some of the panels you see straps going across uh the sides of the head where the temples are so this is a mask apparently it's it's quite an elaborate mask if the 
hair is connected to it. The two horns probably are connected. Uh, the individual does speak, but there is nothing significant about the way it speaks or the speech bubbles or anything like that. It kills this Ronin uh, and is standing over the body having finished the duel when Usagi walks through the brush into the clearing, the far side of the clearing from where this has occurred, the duel. They see each other, but the demon mask just sheaths its sword and walks into the forest on the other side of the clearing, nearest where it is. So, Usagi does just a cursory investigation of the dead individual, um, the samurai looking over the body, inspecting the sword to see that it's been used. He does make the uh, uh, thought comment, perhaps my interpretation of that vision is wrong and it's not Jay who is my threat, but that that demon mask. Okay, so that thing in the beginning is a dream that he's had or something like that. It didn't really occur. And now he's thinking, you know, he's been warned by the, the spirits, the gods, and perhaps this person he saw in this duel, this demon mask, um, is who it is and not Jay. As he's inspecting the body, the police arrive, take him in for questioning. As they arrive in town, we see Inspector Nita uh, practicing his swordsmanship, I believe, on uh, tatami mats that are rolled up and secured in a, a very tight bundle, I believe, is what is used to, to cut in practice. They tell the inspector that um, the demon mask has killed again and that Usagi, though not involved, has knowledge. And they're going to take him to Inspector Kojo, who's a higher level inspector, to be questioned. We see that Inspector Nita is not a fan of Usagi's immediately, merely because of Usagi's station, because he's a ronin. Usagi and Kojo have many pages here of uh, conversation. We find out a variety of things that Kojo knows Inspector Ishida. Uh, they came up through the ranks together. Usagi is traveling to the temple of the priest Sanshobo, who we, we also know. Um, Usagi drops a name. It, apparently, Inspector Kojo is familiar with Usagi by name, and they discuss briefly the uh, Kabuki Theater troupe story from issues... 26 and 27 that I would have discussed in episodes 100 and 101 for those of you that want to go back. Uh, they talk about Inspector Nita and his um, personality, I guess you could say a little bit. They talk about Inspector Kojo's son, Tokuyo, who recently has died. Um, we don't find out in this conversation, but Later on in the issue, Usagi finds out that he died just two weeks ago, and the inspector is speaking of him uh, rather unemotionally, I thought, for it just to have occurred two weeks ago. Uh, more demon mask talk, and then the inspector asks Usagi to play Go. Now, Go is the board game, uh, very, very old. I uh, believe it originated in China, and at this point came over. It had come over to Japan, I don't know, probably 
seventh uh, century, sixth, seventh century. So we're looking at uh, what uh, ten eight. It had been in Japan for seven, eight, nine hundred years already. So it it had been there for a while, but it originated in Japan. And it's that game where you have a lined board, right? Many vertical, many horizontal lines. And at the intersection of every horizontal and vertical line uh, is where you play the pieces. And the pieces are stones. They're called stones. And they're either light colored or dark colored. Nowadays, I think you're going to find that they are usually plastic or glass. And they're flat on the bottom, so they sit on the board. The pieces for the contemporary game may even be painted light on one side and black on the other so that you can use pieces for either one. But there is a light colored and a dark colored play. You capture pieces and then at some predetermined ending point where either the board is is taken, there are no moves, uh, there have been a certain number of moves, a person cannot find any moves. You know, there's various ways to end the game. You then tally uh, both the number of captured pieces and the amount of space uh, that you have captured represented by your pieces on the board, and that's the winner. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure many people have seen this, it, but it's the glass or plastic pieces that are flat on the bottom and they're dark on one side and light on the other. It's called Go. Really cool game. Lots of lots of strategy. Much more strategy, really, than even chess because of the number of uh, possible moves. Very, very ancient game. Very cool. But uh, they're talking about uh, still continuing discussions about different things as they're bouncing around these different things that I have mentioned that they're talking about, all the while playing this game of Go, which the inspector ultimately wins by having distracted Usagi making it look like he's going to do something on one side of the board, drawing Usagi's attention, but on the other side of the board, he succeeded in, uh, in this case, in gaining five pieces in a row that were his. And that was predetermined to be the winner or the winner of this variation of Go or however it sets up. But that's, um, that's what, that's how the winner is determined for this. Uh, Usagi congratulates him, genuinely uh, is surprised that Inspector Kojo uh, defeated him so so casually, almost. Usagi um, gets up, leaves, goes outside, puts his sandals back on, which is kind of cool. I didn't realize that when he came in to speak to the inspector that he had taken his sandals off. But that's, you know, that's a very common thing when you enter structures um, in uh, even in contemporary Japan you'll take your shoes off and either be non-shoed whether it's barefoot I think um, it might not be appropriate to be barefoot um, or you have socks on or you will put on uh, certain kinds of like slippers or sandals things like that to walk around inside him he gathers his sword he left one of them, it looks like, with the guards, I guess. Uh, he kept his short sword. Um, I, that would be the uh, Wakasashi. Um, no, it looks like maybe he had it with him the whole time. He just took it off and it was laying here beside him. And he's, he's carrying it. 
puts it in his belt outside and he sees that Nita is practicing with the other officers in this small village and tells them to attack. And when they do, he, he easily subdues them. Um, this Nita character is, is very much a bully uh, by however you want to measure it. He's a bully. Uh, Usagi has a particular sore spot over the course of his adventures against bullies. Uh, they really anger him very quickly. He accepts a challenge by Nita. He doesn't challenge him, but he accepts a challenge. And just as the challenge begins, Inspector Kojo comes out and starts questioning Inspector Nita. Um, Have you done this? Have you done that? Been here? Well, then I guess we're ready for this. And takes him off to do his, his actual job rather than trying to duel this Ronin that is in town, which is completely useless as far as doing his job. That's a very personal thing he was doing. So, Nita and Kojo go off, leaving the officers with Usagi, who they are now off-duty, and ask Usagi if he wants to go grab a drink. So they go to the local pub, and they're drinking. We see a character here that pops up several times during the conversation of our focus characters, the three officers and Usagi, off to the side is some dude that keeps coughing. And I noticed, and I wondered what was up with that. And it, it's not violent, it's just somewhere in the panel, cough. Two or three panels later, somewhere in the panel, cough. And it, it just keeps happening. Well, here the other officers fill Usagi in more on why uh, Nita's such a jerk on Kojo's son, Takuyo, Fleshing out those two characters, as I guess they will continue to be a, a interesting point for the next couple chapters of the story as we go on. Uh, individual still coughing in the background. We see that he is with a group, all wearing um, much more decorated, colored clothing than anyone else in the pub, and Usagi recognizes them as bounty hunters one of which is named by the police as Kuroda. The bounty hunters, um, also probably going to be significant in our story, the police officers indicate that three of the bounty hunters came in uh, after the killings started, but Kuroda arrived before the killings started. So, little differentiation there. As they're going out, Usagi is kind of watching Kuroda, but Kuroda stops and gives him the glare. And Usagi just looks back. Kuroda goes on out, coughing. So we see that the coughing individual was this person, Kuroda, the bounty hunter, who we are obviously supposed to pay attention to. End of the evening, Usagi takes off. Final panel as he's walking uh, presumably to wherever he's going to sleep tonight. He, he thinks the full moon's coming up. It's a beautiful night. It's hard to imagine there's a killer stalking the town. And then off to the side in that panel, we see a hand um, against a wall as if somebody is um, hiding themselves from the light in the, the shadow of a nearby wall. But all we see is that hand. And that's where the first chapter of this story ends for us. Now, as far as any terms, we've seen Ronan, uh, the game Go, which I said a little bit about, perhaps too much, but I've always been fascinated by the game. Uh, and also in the um, bar room while they were talking that they indicated one of the things that has led to 
Nita being the jerk that he is, is that his father lost faith with his lord. And rather than performing seppuku, he was allowed to just go and live the life of a ronin with family. So uh, Nita's upset about being dragged around as a child and being exposed to that kind of life and holds his father responsible, uh, yada, yada, yada. Seppuku being the ritual suicide that w- can be performed at times in order to regain one's honor after uh, being found guilty of doing something dishonorable. Probably one of the more profound examples of that is found in the story uh, 47 Ronin, uh, which Mr. Sakai actually also did a uh, rendition of a couple years back. Interesting start to the story. Um, Good, you know, solid characters so far that um, will be interesting enough to follow for, you know, two, three, four parts, although it's only two parts in this story. So that's cool. Um, next time out, Usagi Jimbo Volume 3, Issue Number 35 from Dark Horse, cover dated January 2000, and it will be Part 2 of Mystery of the Demon Mask. Talk to you guys then. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, Non-Derivatives, 3.0, Unported License.